Good afternoon, fellow directors, past presidents, members, and guests. Welcome to the 117th season of the Empire Club of Canada. My name is Kelly Jackson. I am the first vice president of the Empire Club and your host for today's virtual event featuring the Honorable Prabhupada Sarkaria in conversation with the Honorable Lisa Reitz. I wanna take a moment to recognize our sponsors who generously support the Empire Club and make these events possible. Our lead event sponsors today are the Ontario Real Estate Association and Spirits Canada. And our supporting sponsors are Hydro One and CAA. Our season sponsors are the Canadian Bankers Association and Waste Connections Canada. Thanks also to our event partner, DVC and LiveMeeting.ca, Canada's online event space for webcasting today's event. Before we begin today, I have a few logistical items to share with you. First, if you are finding at all during the time of the discussion that your internet feed is slow, please see below and click the Switch Streams button. And do not hesitate to press the Request for Help button if you are experiencing any technical difficulties, a member of our team would be more than happy to help you. It is now my pleasure to call this virtual meeting officially to order. To begin, I'd like to acknowledge the land we are broadcasting from and that it is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabe, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wyandotte peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. For those of you tuning in from regions across the country today, we encourage you to learn more about the traditional territory on which you work and live. In acknowledging traditional territories, I do so from a place of understanding the privilege my ancestors and I have had in this country since they have first arrived here in the 1830s. As farmers in Southwestern Ontario, I imagine they felt a deep connection to the land and yet likely did not recognize how that connection was built on the displacement of others. Delivering a land acknowledgement for me is an important opportunity to reflect on our human connection and responsibility to care for the land and to recognize that to do so we must always respect each other. Now for today's topic, small businesses, as we all know, are the backbone of our economy and communities. This year, those business owners across Ontario have been faced with unprecedented challenges and the evolving COVID-19 pandemic continues to hit Main Street hard. The Honorable Prabhmeet Sarkaria, Associate Minister of Small Business and Red Tape Production, is with us today to discuss the current challenges facing small businesses and how the provincial government is responding. One example of that is the Better for People, Smarter for Business Act, which the minister just introduced in the legislature earlier this fall. It is the most recent in the government's series of red tape reduction and regulatory modernization efforts. During this time of real uncertainty, his focus remains on unburdening businesses and getting rid of old fashioned systems that hold back innovation, business growth and recovery. 
Please welcome Bradley Meyer Harmon, Chair of OREA's Ontario Realtor Party Committee to introduce Minister Sarkaria. Thank you very much, Kelly Jackson, and thank you to your team at the Empire Club of Canada for putting today's event together. My name is Bradley Mayer Harmon, and I'm a realtor at Century 21 Millennium in Brampton. I'm also the chair of the Ontario Realtor Party Committee at the Ontario Real Estate Association. I'm thrilled to be given the opportunity to introduce Minister Sarkaria today. On behalf of ARIA and our 80,000 members, in particular, my good friends at the Brampton Real Estate Board. I would like to begin by thanking the Minister for his leadership in helping to guide Ontario's small businesses through the current challenges that the province is facing as a result of this pandemic. This Minister understands that small businesses are the backbone of communities like Brampton, where I personally operate my business. He understands that small businesses are the backbone of communities right across Ontario. We saw another example of this recently with the announcement of the Main Street Recovery Plan, which includes the Main Street Relief Grant, a $60 million program designed to help Ontario's Main Street businesses cover the costs of PPE to remain open and stay safe. Minister Sarkaria has also announced that his government would be further helping small businesses overcome the unique challenges created by the pandemic with 50 temporary regulatory changes that will help them adapt to the current business climate. Now more than ever, it is important to cut unnecessary red tape to provide small businesses with every tool at their disposal to succeed during these challenging times. Minister, as a small business person who does most of my business in Brampton, I want, to, I want you to know that your efforts are making a real difference for small businesses in Brampton and right across Ontario. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to formally introduce Ontario's Associate Minister of Small Business and Red Tape Reduction and MPP for Brampton South, the Honourable Prabmeet Sarkaria. Well, thank you very much, uh, Bradley. I really appreciate that uh, very kind uh, introduction. Uh, and this opportunity uh, to speak before all of you. And I wanna also take the opportunity to thank the Empire Club uh, and Kelly for the introduction and Simmer for all of the great work and help uh, in putting this event together uh, to bring forward uh, this opportunity. Uh, I've had the opportunity uh, to, to speak to so many businesses um, you know, all across the province. But I'd really like to take a moment uh, to acknowledge everyone that's joining us today you know, reaching out virtually when we can't connect in person. Uh, it's really important, I think, right now. It means a lot to me, and I hope it does to you as well. Coming together to share experiences and explore ways we can support each other is a powerful response to the isolation of COVID-19. Sadly, it's really affected all of us, wherever we live. As a, a son, a husband, and a new father, my heart really breaks for the lives this pandemic has taken and the families it has devastated. And as a member of the government, you know, I recognize that I'm in a privileged position, one where I can help protect the people in my community and across the province. It's something that I, I don't try to take for granted. It's why I talk to people every single day to hear their concerns and learn what I can do to help them through this terrible time, to see what our government can do to really get them through this very difficult period of time. Protecting people's lives will always come first for our government and supporting the businesses that are the source 
of our livelihoods is a close second. In my portfolio, as the Associate Minister of Small Business and Red Tape Production, my role is to support small and Main Street businesses that we all so desperately depend on. It's a delicate balancing act, one the small business owners on the line can probably relate to. I've had conversations with small business owners all across the province. But more importantly, I am actually the son of two Ontario small business owners. I've experienced the worries, the pressures, and the juggling it takes to run a small business. Keeping so many balls in the area takes foresight and flexibility. You know, when you're responsible for supporting your family and much of your community, you need to plan for each and every scenario. When I was growing up uh, as, as a son of you know, two small business owners, um, you know, a family of immigrants, um, I really truly believe that a province like Ontario is the only one that could really have afforded me the opportunity and my family the opportunity. I believe that you know, this province gives everyone an equal opportunity to succeed. And as we come out of this pandemic, it's really an opportunity for us to strengthen the recovery, strengthen the fundamentals on which small businesses are founded on. And we need to make sure that we can continue that dream for generations to come, because that is the most important thing that we can do for small businesses, for the future generations of our province, as we look into the future. Now, in the dozens of round tables I've hosted before and after this pandemic, I've, I've seen my family story in the experience of the job creators, the entrepreneurs trying to grow their business and struggling to really keep the lights on. It reminds me of every single decision that, that comes before small business owners. But I recognize that Although I have these experiences, none of us could really have expected the impact that COVID-19 has really had. You know, it's taken the lives of loved ones while threatening the social fabric of the communities we so dearly cherish. Woven into these communities are the thriving main streets that bring us together to work, shop, eat, and play. There you'll find the small businesses that serve diverse needs the ones featured in holiday parades or skill screened on sports jerseys, the gems that attract all the tourists and generate all the Instagram buzz. These are the businesses that bring character and pride to our communities. And they've been suffering from unforeseen closures to unexpected and seemingly unrelenting demands. And they have borne an unfair share of COVID-19's economic burdens. Yet through it all, they have never given up. I'm sure we've all seen the examples of this throughout our own communities across the province. Retailers closing their doors to do businesses, curbside services, limiting in-person visits to physically distance uh, in some tight spaces, restaurants, building new patios, redesigning their menus uh, for takeout, Small businesses have gone above and beyond to keep serving the people of Ontario, often at a great cost to themselves, their employees, and their families. When I look around my community, I'm humbled by their selflessness and inspired by their ingenuity. Of course, 
No amount of hard work or dedication can resist the effects of a global pandemic. So while many small businesses have managed to sustain their operations, none have gone back to business as usual. Main streets all over the province are losing traffic and it's draining the livelihoods of our families and the vitality from our communities. It's something our government takes very seriously. And we will not rest till we shore up our small businesses through the second wave and set them up for success beyond it. As we look to the future, you know a lot of people underestimate the impact that these small enterprises have or can have on our economy. And in 2019, Ontario's small businesses employed about 2.4 million people and accounted for 98% of all businesses in the province. That represents about 30% more, 36% more than a third of our total employment. They strengthen productivity, link supply chains, and give rise to countless innovations. Eventually, many of them will grow into the game-changing companies our province is known for worldwide. Our economy, our communities, and our way of life are strengthened by the diversity and output of small businesses. And our government is determined to equip Ontario's small businesses to survive this pandemic while preparing them to thrive on the other side. Through more than 100 virtual roundtables and discussions since the start of the pandemic, I have been in constant contact with small business owners, employees, entrepreneurs, and associations. I have heard their calls to both support their survival and lay a foundation for future growth. It's why our new budget, the first delivered during a global pandemic, was built on three supportive pillars. The first is to protect our health and safety. The second is to support our people and economy. And the third is to recover our economic standing and the way of life. Ontario's Main Street Recovery Plan rests on these strategic pillars. It will help to support small businesses and the people that count on them through this critical period of time. And it will provide them with a modern services and tool so they can recover and rebuild. The plan is a part of the $45 billion in support being made available over three years in the 2020 budget. This support includes more than $900 million in urgent rent relief through our partnership in the Canada Emergency Commercial Rent Assistance Program and a pause on evictions for tenants eligible for the program. The program has helped about 64,000 small business tenants that have employed close to 617,000 people across the province. As we've entered the second wave of the pandemic, we've proposed to extend this temporary ban on evictions. And in addition, the federal government has announced plans to replace this assistance program with a Canada emergency rent subsidy. It's expected to provide rent and mortgage support until June 2021 for qualifying small businesses so they can maintain their physical presence now and into the future. Since the onset of the pandemic, we have made Ontarians' health and safety our top priority. As wave two has descended on us, we've released Ontario's new COVID-19 response framework to support people, 
families, and job creators in a safe and targeted way. In my home region of Peel, which is now in the control stage, we're providing additional public health supports that include increased testing, contact management, and hospital capacity. As we work together with doctors, health experts, and people all over Ontario to turn the tide on the second wave, we are standing by the businesses in these communities. To help businesses that were in regions with modified stage two restrictions or moving forward in areas categorized as control or lockdown, we are providing up to $300 million to cover their property taxes and energy bills. We want these small businesses and others across Ontario to be able to keep the lights on through the worst of this dark period. We also want them to look forward to a brighter future ahead. So beyond our support during the pandemic, the 2020 budget has proposed new tax measures to help small businesses to recover and grow beyond it. Starting in 2021, we would allow municipalities to provide a property tax reduction for their small businesses. And our government will consider matching those reductions to further reduce taxes on small businesses. Depending on how many of our municipal partners take us up, this could provide as much as $385 million in relief to Ontario's small businesses by 2022. With both property tax reductions, a bakery, for example, in Toronto with an assessment value of $1.5 million could save $10,500 in property taxes annually. The budget also features the employer health tax plan for small businesses. In March, we expanded the EHT exemption for 2020 for $490,000 to a million, and we are now proposing to make this change permanent. It would reduce the health tax on restaurant with a $700,000 payroll from about $4,000 to absolutely zero. We want our small and main street businesses to know that we will be there for them every step of the way from protection to recovery. That's why we've developed Ontario's Main Street Recovery Plan. It delivers a comprehensive package of legislation, funding program, and services that will help more small businesses to operate safely, adapt to new demands, and pursue promising opportunities. First, we're committed to exploring options to permanently allow licensed restaurants and bars to include alcohol with food as part of a takeout or delivery order. This would enable them to maintain the new revenue streams the government has opened up to them through the pandemic. And it would help them plan for opportunities to grow for the future. Next, there's the Main Street Recovery Act, a cornerstone of the plan. It would modernize regulations to keep pace with business needs while creating flexibility for them to innovate. Through this act, we would permanently allow for 24-7 truck deliveries of goods to retailers, restaurants, and distribution centers. This would build on temporary changes made to help keep shelves stocked through the first wave this spring. It would keep supply chains moving, supporting businesses across sectors. It would reassure small and main street businesses that they can maintain their operations during this very difficult time. And it would give consumers greater confidence that their local retailer or restaurant, for instance, would have what they need when 
they needed. Two previous pilots have shown that it could also reduce rush hour traffic, lower fuel costs for businesses, and reduce greenhouse gas and other emissions. So it could also improve our environment and increase safety for people as they go about their daily lives. It's about modern regulation. We've taken a team approach to this legislation, working across ministries, breaking down the silos to support people and job creators. Because if there's one thing this pandemic has taught us, it's that we're all in this together. Being part of Team Ontario means protecting the things we collectively value, our health, our safety, and the environment. I can't stress enough how our government's modernization work has been designed to uphold these protections, and in many cases, improve them. We know that regulations and rules are not negative in and of themselves. It's the unnecessary, duplicative, and outdated regulations that are the problem for businesses and their growth. It's these that we are updating through the Main Street Recovery Act. Small and Main Street businesses all over Ontario have dealt with unforeseen cash flow, safety, and physical distancing pressures since the start of the pandemic. Overly complicated, unnecessarily costly, and outdated regulations that don't reflect today's reality represent additional burdens for stressed businesses. Smart, modern regulations that are easier to comply with, however, will empower businesses to invest their time and money in what matters right now, keeping people safe and employed. To ease safety and cash flow concerns for Ontario's smallest businesses, our Main Street Recovery Plan is making $60 million in funding available to help with the cost of personal protective equipment. Many of these businesses occupy small footprints and require frequent in-person contact with customers or coworkers, making PPE a new condition of operation. Our Main Street Relief Grant offers funding to help these businesses with a variety of PPE costs, including masks, gloves, and plexiglass installation. It provides a one-time grant of up to $1,000 for small and Main Street businesses in the retail, food, and accommodation, and other service sectors with two to nine employees. And it would address key problems identified by nearly every Main Street small business I've talked to. There are liquidity issues, affordable access to PPE, and low consumer confidence. Helping these businesses recover the cost of PPE like the quality Ontario-made PPE found in our workplace PPE directory will protect the lives of employees and customers. And it will support consumer confidence, bringing life back to our main streets over the long term. As you've all noticed, main street businesses truly shine when they reflect the communities they're a part of. To help them access direct local support, our government has linked 47 small business enterprise centers into the new small business COVID-19 recovery network. Through this network, small business enterprise centers will be able to offer more recovery advice and tools that are tailored to the owners and entrepreneurs in their communities. It will provide local main street businesses with the clear information and guidance they need where they need it. On top of this, we recognize, though it's seemed pretty bleak 
for small businesses lately. We want to ensure them that there are areas for hope. One is their embrace of digitization and e-commerce. The digital space has provided a new world of opportunities for small businesses to sustain their operations and to grow them. To help make more small, to help more small and main street businesses tap into the e-commerce market, our plan has digital main street squads going live across the province. The squads, composed of talented graduates, students with strong technology and marketing backgrounds, provide one-on-one -on -one help with digital assessments, social media advertising, and e-commerce platforms. They are part of our digital Main Street program. It's helping close to 23,000 Main Street businesses go digital with grants of up to $2,500 to get them started along with continued support. Lately, we've been hearing from many businesses that have been able to use the program's innovative supports to get online. Get online. You know, I read a great story recently about Manitoulin Island's jar market and cafe, which was able to cut six months off the time needed to build their e-commerce site. And they're not only boosting their own sales to the new Manitoulin marketplace.ca site, they're promoting other local businesses with it as well. It's another example of small and main street businesses give back to their communities. Well, Retail sales were falling by nearly 20% between February and May. Stats Canada reported that online sales surged 99%. In fact, year over year, e-commerce more than doubled with a 110% increase compared to May 2019 and a record $3.9 billion in sales. But we can't just let large e-retailers occupy the digital space all for themselves. We need to help Main Street businesses and consumers understand that shopping local and shopping digital can go hand in hand. That's why, in addition to Digital Main Street, our government is promoting shop local. We're encouraging people to support small businesses either in person or online. On Ontario.ca slash small business, you can find downloadable posters, safety guidelines, and information on the post promise a nationwide commitment that helps boost consumer confidence. We'll also be using social media tools to promote Ontario's small and main street businesses this holiday season. It's an opportunity to support the small businesses that mean so much to our communities by buying a gift or ordering with the people who mean so much to us and all of our communities. Whatever the season, it's always a good time to support Ontario's small and main street businesses. They've been there for us through the worst of this crisis. Now it's time for us to be there for them. Our government's comprehensive plan will help give small businesses what they need to stay safe, stay solvent, and stay competitive through this pandemic. And as COVID-19 evolves, we'll continue to explore new ways to support small business recovery. One thing that won't change is our commitment to their long-term success. Our vision is to ensure that Ontario's smallest enterprises have what they need to recover, rebuild, and reclaim their right to succeed. I look forward to working with all of you to make this vision a reality, starting with shopping locally and staying safe. Thank you very much and back over to you.
Thank you very much, Minister. I now have the pleasure of introducing the Honorable Lisa Raitt, Vice Chair, Global Investment Banking, CIBC Capital Markets. Lisa joined CIBC Capital Markets in January 2020, where her current focus is on senior client coverage and business development with clients in the energy, infrastructure, and industrial sectors. For many years, Lisa was one of Canada's most recognizable and impactful politicians. Lisa was elected to the House of Commons in 2008, where she went on to hold three senior portfolios, serving as Minister of Natural Resources, Minister of Labour, and Minister of Transport. Lisa was also the Deputy Leader of the Official Opposition and the Conservative Party of Canada. Prior to entering politics, Lisa was the President and CEO of the Toronto Port Authority. She holds a Bachelor of Science from St. FX University, a Master's Degree in Chemistry from the University of Guelph, and an LLB from Osgoode Hall Law School, and was called to the Ontario Bar in 1998. And in 2020, she was named Global Fellow of the Canada Institute at the Woodrow Wilson Centre. It is a real honour to have these two powerhouse people together to have a great conversation. But before we get to that, I just have a couple of quick reminders for the audience. Uh, this is interactive. We want to hear from you and we encourage you to take advantage of the question box that you will find located to the right of your screen. Uh, let us know what's on your mind and if you have any questions. And again, if you need any assistance, you can use the uh, request help uh, technical assistance button and we'd be happy to support you. Okay, Lisa, over to you. Excellent. Thank you, Kelly. Much appreciated. And Minister, it's awfully nice to be sharing a podium with you, kind of, sort of. Here we are on Zoom. I liked your first idea that we'd actually do this in a restaurant, but I get we're not really in the position where we can enjoy those things. It makes a lot more sense for us to do it safely from our own homes. But uh, you owe me lunch, is what I'm going to say at the end of the day. And I know that I can count on you for it, for sure. 100. percent We'll find a, a good. Uh, we'll find some good Indian food in, in Brampton uh, next time we can, and uh, have a great lunch. I'm going to look forward to it. Okay, so it's June 2019. You're 30 years old. It's not about the Raptors winning, by the way. You're 30 years old, and you become a minister. And not only are you becoming a minister, which is an amazing thing, you're getting a portfolio that is meaningful to you. Could both of your parents? are small business owners and you're in charge of bringing more sense to regulation and you're reducing regulation and you're in charge of the small business file. And then you fast forward about a year and you realize that in this portfolio, you're sitting pretty much at ground zero. And I listened to your speech and how you talked about how many groups that you've met, like a hundred round tables you did. Was there anything that you heard from them in all of these round tables and all of the outreach that you did that really stuck with you? Something that you, you kind of went, yeah, I really, I really need to help with this. And that's a great question, Lisa. But before I answer that, I just want to take an opportunity to, to, to really thank you for doing this with me. Uh, you have been a trailblazer, uh, it, whether it's in political office or in the private sector. So, uh, you know, uh, thank you for your leadership. Uh, you know, as a you know, younger member of cabinet, we can always look up to, to leaders like you uh, that have done such an incredible job. So thank you for doing this. It's an absolute honor. Um, but, you know, to, to, that, to that point and to that question, 
you know, I've been on those roundtables and, you know, I, I see so much of um, those conversations that many of these small business owners put forward. And I really, it, they really resonate with me because I see families that have invested their life savings. They've invested, they've, you know, taken out a loan on their house, on their principal um, residence, and they've invested into this idea, this business. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're going through some of, uh, you know, when we look at Ontario from uh, 2018 to, to, to March of uh, 2020, we saw record growth uh, from whether it was unemployment, uh, job creation. You know, we since we got into government in 2018 um, to the start of the pandemic, there was over 300,000 new jobs in the province of Ontario. And so we, we saw great economic times. And then all of a sudden, something that none of us could have predicted, um, you know, comes before us. And then I'm having these conversations. So what really sticks to me is that... Um, you know, I see so many of these individuals on the, on the opposite end of the, the, the line, and I see their, the, my, my, the story of my parents, the story of myself growing up, helping out wherever I could. I can see that in them. And that really sticks with you, the, the, the emotional toll, the, the personal toll that, you know, the pandemic has really had. But it gives you a good viewpoint when, whether it's I'm at, when I'm at the cabinet table, when I'm able to put forward policies um, that I think can help support these small businesses, because it gives me that unique perspective. Um, and many of our colleagues are actually small business owners and are, in our, you know, within our government as well. So um, it's something that is, is, you know, really close to not only my heart, but the premier's heart, who is also uh, a small business owner. But it gives us this great perspective to really understand um, the needs and the challenges that come uh, ahead of us. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're getting questions coming in from people who are watching. So I'm going to go to one of their, theirs right now. Uh, and it's a specific question from Adi. What role does the minister see standards playing in reducing red tape? How can you use standards as a way to help with uh, getting rid of some regulation or red tape? So I think one of the, the, the key things when it comes to standards um, is really uh, harmonization. Um, so you have the province of Ontario that is usually the leader uh, across all of Canada or even North America. Uh, but when there's a lot of businesses and there's a lot of industries that operate, you know, all across the world, um, whether it's specific designations, safety ratings, um, uh, there's a great number of examples where if the government of, you know, Ontario or even the government of Canada, um, you know, used harmonization uh, with standards of international standards, you know, well-respected safety or other guideline standards, you could significantly reduce the cost of doing business in the of Ontario and making it more attractive. Um, you know, a couple of examples that, that we see is whether it's, you know, in the upcoming area of uh, data um, and the regulation of data. When you look at the European model, there's a significant model that's, uh, you know, already very well adopted all across uh, the world. Um, and so as we, you know, bring forward our own data plan, it would only be, it would only make sense for uh, a government to adapt to those international standards rather than creating new standards that will then cost businesses more to comply with. So our, the whole motto here is to, to make sure that we have smarter regulation, more modern regulation um, that really lets businesses, you know, protects the safety and health and, and the environment, but also gives opportunity for businesses to spend more time growing their business, investing more time in their employees and creating more opportunities across the province. It's so true. When I was Minister of Transport, I had lots of roundtables and meetings both in Brampton and in Milton. And your colleague, Parm Gill, who is my MPP, will tell you the same thing. Some of these, uh, some of these weird 
problems you have about literally what stickers the trucks have to have as they cross over, not international borders, interprovincial borders, just really don't make any sense at all. But it just needs somebody focusing on it like you're doing right now. And I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you guys are taking a hard look at it because there's simple things you can do to make life a lot easier for people who are we're putting you know the heart and soul into a business every day. Uh, we got another question from Lisa, uh, beautiful name by the way. Uh, Lisa wants to know what steps can take can small businesses take to ensure that they are able to receive the rent subsidy you mentioned, especially if they are businesses that opened up during the pandemic. So new business opens up during the pandemic. Uh, still being impacted, what things should they be thinking of doing in order to learn about the rent subsidy that you mentioned and how they can ensure that they're going to be able to qualify? So that's a great question. Uh, so we had the opportunity to work with the federal government on the initial launch of the program, which was uh, uh, which covered rents uh, right after the pandemic all the way up until September. Um, it was a $1.2 billion, a $900 million investment by the province of Ontario to, to join our federal counterparts in that program. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things that we heard from a lot of uh, small business owners at that time was um, uh, some, some issues around receiving payments, uh, landlords having to, to opt in. Um, and that was where we've, you know, gone back to the table with some of our federal partners who've now actually launched a revised version of it, mm-hmm. uh, which is, should be out hopefully in the next uh, couple of days and, and weeks. But uh, I think a key change that will be very helpful for small businesses like Lisa, who's, uh, um, is that it will be a tenant direct payment. Uh, so many of those who weren't able to uh, apply before because maybe there was uh, an issue with a landlord or there wasn't uh, a buy-in from both parties, this will give direct support to, um, uh, to those business owners uh, to be able to cover the cost. And if you're in a, a restricted zone, like much of, Peel, Toronto, and York is, you can receive up to 90% of those supports. Uh, So we're going to try to do anything and everything we can, uh, work with all levels of government to ensure our businesses have the supports they need uh, to get through this and to to be able to to receive the support in a timely manner as well. Yeah. So uh, Mike has written in, Minister, and he, it's a really good question. It's the one that politicians do have to answer to. And It's what assurances can your ministry give small businesses that the red tape concerns that are brought to them will not only be heard, but as well followed up with concrete solutions? That's a great question and something that we've really done here in the, you know, to institutionalize red tape reduction in in not only our ministry, but within the government is we've committed to two pieces of legislation a year. So I put forward a piece of legislation um, just a couple of weeks ago, we're going to be putting forward another piece of legislation in the next session and um, in, in February, March, um, at what, whatever time we can get it into the House. But we've made a public commitment to ensure that we get as much legisla- legislation focused on red tape as we can. On top of that, we've made we've made uh, you know online portals to take and track in these ideas. So, um, for example, during the pandemic, we uh, we launched the Tackling the Barriers web uh, portal. Uh, which allowed businesses to pitch the government on ideas that would uh, change uh, or make easier uh, the opportunity for businesses to operate in a COVID uh, environment. So one of those examples uh, that uh, many people have probably heard of is um, uh, allowing restaurants to serve alcohol with their takeout orders. So it was something that small business owners, I remember being on a round table with small business owners and them pitching this idea and said, hey, we have a lot of inventory. If we could 
if you guys, you know, if the government could, mm -hmm. uh, you know, modernize some of this regulation, you know, it could be a help to us and it could increase our profits. It could increase um, some of our sales. And, and so that was an example of something that came directly from some of our, uh, you know, from our small businesses on a round table in action. And then we put it through, um, whether it's today, whether it's, you know, uh, input from stakeholders that continues to come throughout the year, all of that is then fed into our partner ministries. We try to break down the silos and work together to put comprehensive support packages together from uh, legislative uh, vehicles like we have in the past. Yeah, tell me a little bit about whole of government, because I see it in both documents that you've put out from your ministry, the Main Street document and helping Canadian or helping Ontarians be, uh, do better document. Tell me about the whole of government. I also see you all the time with Minister Phillips too. There's lots of round tables that you guys take part in. Uh, it seems like a really close working relationship in terms of a cabinet. Let us know how it's working out. Well, I think one thing that we've all recognized is the need for all of us to work together. And I think, you know, unprecedented times like these, um, you know, I've been fortunate to have incredible cabinet colleagues uh, like Minister Phillips, Minister Fideli, um, who have seasoned veterans and have a great deal of private sector and public experience that have been able to to really collectively work together. I've, I've, uh, I've done a number of roundtables with Minister Phillips feeding right into his jobs and recovery co committee, which then actually ended up with a lot of the ideas from those committees and those roundtables formulated into this budget document that we put forward just last, uh, last week. Um, but I think it's imperative that government breaks down those silos. For too long, there's these inefficiencies created within government uh, uh, that, you know, for example, um, you know, the Ministry of maybe, uh, you know, economic development won't talk to the Ministry of Health or government and consumer services. So being able to have that communication and that horizontal approach and breaking down those barriers internally um, only improves outcomes and only improves policy outcomes and policies that are put forward. It's just collaboration, smarter government, modern government, um, and really just delivers a better end user experience for um, the people of this province. And we've seen a, a lot of work through digitization and other ways uh, that, uh, you know, breaking down those barriers has really helped with. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's definitely for the benefit of all Ontarians. Uh, next question I'm very excited about, I have to tell you, and I'll give it a little bit of an introduction. When I was, my first ministerial job was as the Minister of Natural Resources, and in there, we started a hydrogen project, a pilot project for hydrogen buses to coincide with the 2020 Vancouver Olympics. Way back then, we were talking about hydrogen. Today, your colleague, Minister Yurik, and this is a question from James, your colleague, Minister Yurik, announced the Ontario Hydrogen Strategy Discussion Paper, which is pretty awesome because it is one of those fuels of the future. And you're talking just now about how there's a whole of government approach. Do you have any, uh, any thoughts on how you can see Ontario SME, small and medium-sized manufacturers play in this new hydrogen value chain? Well, I think this is a, a significant, um, a significant part of our plan, and something that uh, you know, when we look at innovations, Ontario has always been ahead of the curve, and you know, the ingenuity of our um, entrepreneurs all across uh, Ontario. Um, so, you know, I'm very happy that uh, Minister uh, Phillips was able to put this forward. You know, hydrogen is very exciting. We know that electrification will not only save, uh, solve, you know, the problems of today, uh, but can actually legitimately become a great tool for economic development. 
And if we can lead that charge here in the province of Ontario um, and have that visionary thought, forward-linking thought, um, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really gives us the ability to help fill those gaps that electricity, you know, will not be able or cannot fill to, to, to this day. So um, it's definitely exciting. Um, anytime we can use innovation uh, to support economic uh, growth, I think it's always exciting. And it's an always incredible to see the ingenuity that comes from so many of these, uh, um, you know, and all of the opportunities that can come from and employment opportunities. So I think it's a, it's a really good opportunity for us to, to look at. Uh, I'm always, you know, from the red tape lens, we're always looking at uh, trying to see how we can better support uh, uh, innovation here. And, and a lot of times when you're innovating, there's a lot of red tape because you're trying to do something new that's never been done before and regulation comes in the way sometimes. So um, that's where we, we, we love to excel and break down those barriers and, and make it happen. So uh, yeah. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, see where the puck is going. It, you know, and it lines up, I'm sure Minister Fideli is very excited about this because it lines up very well with the new Biden administration talking about two things, hydrogen as being important, but as well, uh, advanced nuclear reactors, which of course, Ontario has an incredible supply chain. Many of them are your, are your folks in the small business area as well. Um, you know, I tend, like a lot of Ontarians right now, I am probably visiting takeout and restaurants a lot more than I ever have in the past. And that's a good thing. I want to support the folks. But as you know, and I know, when you meet the folks who are running these restaurants, they're, they're pretty tired, Minister. They're tired and they're really concerned about what is coming next, but they are resolute and they are sticking it out. So I'm just wondering if you can give us an idea, um, what is going to be what impact is there going to be on these, these small restaurants, these small takeout places with the helps that you're bringing in from your government? How, how specifically, uh, how can you talk to them and let them know that uh, things are going to be okay? Yeah, and you know, when I, when I see the resolve, when I talk to these business owners, it's incredible to see um, the sacrifices they've made, um, uh, you know, the pivoting they've done in, in, in today's world. I see so many businesses that I've known before um, really embrace e-commerce, uh, digitization, and I, I spoke to it a bit in my in my speech as well. But I think there's been a significant shift in behaviors over the past couple of uh, months, especially with the, the onset of the pandemic. Um, and I think many entrepreneurs have been able to uh, really build on this and capture capture that uh, that shift in behavior and that during this pandemic. But I think it really underscores uh, the need for us to, to be there for small businesses. You know, for example, the support programs that we put put over, not just, you know, temporary measures like the $300 million, the, the PPE grant program, you know, the, the, the rent subsidy. But our, our budget fundamentally looks at ways to make businesses more competitive uh, for the future of this province. I, I look at, you know, our changes in the budget that are going to reduce hydro rates for employers of you know from 14 to 6 percent on average you know it's a 1.3 billion dollar investment after we saw you know a total mismanagement of this file under a previous administration um this became one of the leading uh, causes for many manufacturing industry to leave this province um, and to be able to not only for smaller businesses but manufacturing and all other industries bring forward changes that are going to significantly reduce their costs of operating on hydro about 14 to 16%. I think it will be very successful. On top of that, yeah. you know, changes to property taxes that are going to deliver, you know, 
$450 million of support for over 200,000 small businesses across the province. So it's not just about temporary supports right now. We're trying to give businesses the confidence that as they go into recovery, as they, you know, try to rebuild and, and emerge stronger than ever, that we're going to have a significantly more competitive business environment in the province of Ontario. Yeah. Hang on. Cause it's going to be worth it. I, I have another question from Angelo. Uh, how can you help reduce red tape to get building permits coming out of the pandemic? So this is a, I would say, you know, something that I hear and in, in, in significant amount of roundtables that we have. Um, um, it's, it's really about, uh, you know, working with not only our provincial, but municipal, um, municipal leaders. And, you know, the premier and I have launched a working group as part of the red tape bill that will, um, you know, with the first, uh, government that will actually work together to streamline a lot of those permitting and zoning processes. So it's something that, uh, you know, from our ministry uh, and uh, from uh, all other, you know, partner ministries, whether it's, you know, municipal affairs, energy, uh, whether it's transportation, a lot of these developments, a lot of these zoning materials or permitting um, have a significant um, delay or impact and the efficiencies that we see by streamlining these processes um, is something that is very significant. So we're very committed to working with our municipal partners uh, to see where we can find these efficiencies. Um, and we're really trying to promote this at all levels across government because we think that, you know, the key to economic development now uh, is to ensure that we get projects up and running as quick as we can. Uh, get our economy moving again, get people back uh, back into jobs, back and back working again. And if we can do that by significantly, you know, increasing the time to, that, uh, or reducing the time to get shovels in the ground, I think it will be something that's beneficial for all of us. So remove red tape and, and get shovels in the ground as quick as possible and let's see our economy grow. Because I think there's significant potential all across the province. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Minister, we're, we're wrapping up. We've run out of time here today and I wanna thank you very much for, for the time you've spent with me. But uh, I teased you before we went on camera that I was gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna put you on the spot here, but not on the specific question I, I asked you before. You and I are big Raptors fans. I mean, our whole, our whole country is in love with the Raptors, but I don't think anyone's as big a Raptors fan as you are, to be honest, that I know of. Uh, so I'd like to know, what are your thoughts about coming into this new season for the Raptors. What do you think? So I'm pretty excited. I think, you know, it's, it's going to be a bit tough. Uh, we've got a lot of free agents. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of roster movement that might happen. But, you know, I think uh, we've got one of the best teams. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, Masai and Nick Nurse have really built uh, an incredible culture around the Raptors. Um, and it's got all of Ontario and all of Canada. It's Canada's team. So I think... Uh, Anytime you, you, you know, you watch the Raptors play, you feel a great sense of pride, not just for the city of Toronto, but uh, this entire country. And I think it really helps them and it pushes them forward. And I'm really excited to see what they're going to be able to do. We had the draft last night. We had, uh, although not, uh, not a high pick, but uh, some exciting. Yeah, second last. <laughs> last pick. So, uh, but hey, we, Fred Van Vliet was undrafted, I believe. So, uh, you know, the Raptors can make magic happen. So. Uh, we've got one of the best front offices and teams in the entire league, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited for the, for the season to start and get back up and uh, running again. I agree. I think it's a nice bit of normalcy that we're all looking for, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Can't wait to, to get back out to a game one of these days. It's going to be exciting, but uh, uh, it's a bit distant, but uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get there, uh, get through this together. 
Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Minister. I appreciate it. I'm going to ask Kelly Jackson to come back on the line here and wrap us up. And uh, Minister, you know what? I meet a lot of politicians and I meet a lot of wannabe politicians. We met a long time ago when you were so kind as to guide me around a temple on a celebratory day. And you struck me at that point in time as someone to watch. And I'm absolutely delighted to say that I was very correct. And I wish you all the best in your career. And I'm really looking forward to see great things you're gonna do for Ontarians. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, uh, Lisa, for leading that really great conversation and uh, being able to definitely uh, connect some of our audience questions uh, directly into that so that we could hear from the, from the minister. I would like to now introduce Jan Westcott, President and CEO of Spirits Canada to provide appreciation remarks. Jan? Thank you very much, uh, uh, Kelly. Uh, Minister, it is hugely encouraging that uh, the government recognizes the vital role of smaller businesses uh, and has designated a minister to make sure that the voices are represented and heard at the cabinet table and in caucus as policies being uh, discussed. I think this is critical. And based on your work that uh, you've outlined and the things that we've seen, the premier obviously picked the right person to head this up. So uh, thank you very much. You referenced the fact that small businesses can be successful and grow into medium size and large businesses. Some of my members represent that. So they all started out as small businesses. We have uh, one of my members is the largest distillery in North America, but when they started, they were a small business. And more recently, we have another small business uh, over in the Niagara Peninsula that has grown into a medium sized business. So the opportunity is certainly there. And uh, we're now seeing the uh, creation of dozens of new small distillers across the provinces. One thing that I would mention is that when you summon the courage to start a business, you're aware that it's going to take some time to establish yourself and to actually generate a profit. Um, my point in saying this is that the pandemic has, is having a similar effect, and it's going to take time for businesses to bounce back. And so I'm encouraged that you're looking at this not just as well the pandemic is on, but there are going to have to be things that are done for businesses as they, as they go forward over the next several years to sort of rebuild their position. So that's encouraging. We do need to look at innovative new ways of driving forward. I'm glad you're doing that. I think there's huge opportunity. Crises often produce uh, breakthroughs that you wouldn't otherwise see. So, Thank you for taking the time to uh, share with us what you're doing, how you're coming about that, the, the work that's going on in the government. It's hugely appreciated, critically necessary. And as I said, I think the Premier made the right choice in making the minister responsible. For it. So on behalf of the Empire Club, thank you very much. Kelly, back to you. Thank you, Jan. So before we uh, close off the meeting formally, I do want to highlight uh, a couple of, of our upcoming events. So the first is on November 20th. It features Blake Hutchison, President and CEO of OMERS. The next is on November 26th, Sean Finn, Executive Vice President, Corporate Services and Chief Legal Officer for CN. On December 3rd, we will have one of the Minister's colleagues joining us, the Honourable Doug Downey, Attorney General of Ontario, who will be in conversation with Vivine Salmon, 
past president of the Canadian Bar Association. And finally, on December 10th, we have our signature Nation Builder of the Year Award. This year, the award is being provided or essentially we're recognizing all of Canada's frontline workers. We have a great event uh, with a lot of VIPs and celebrities who are lined up to join us that day. So I encourage you to join us as well. And if you know of somebody who is a frontline worker that you think deserves to have their story told, please go to the EmpireClubOfCanada.com. You can submit a testimonial and that person will have a chance to win $5,000. All of the events that I mentioned are free. And so we really hope that you'll have the opportunity to join us for those. This meeting is now formally adjourned. Thank you for joining us and have a great afternoon.